Let's roll! The Kitchen Nightmares podcast. Join us on a journey through bad food, bad reality television, and somehow even worse restaurants. Hello everyone, it's me, your old pal, the culinary cowboy, Kevin Mann. Join us, as always, in this review of Ramsey's US Kitchen Nightmares. Firstly, to my left... The tossed salad to my scrambled egg, Joe Graham. Hello. How are you doing today, Joe? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing well, thanks. Feeling tossed. Feeling tossed? Yeah. I'm feeling scrambled, so that's oh, looking yeah? pretty good. <laughs> God, the pair of us. If I'm tossed and you're scrambled, then who's driving the bus? <laughs> the answer to that very question, joining us uh, as always, Viva Costa del Sol. But like the coffee, Adam Bibolo. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, friends. I'm good. I've had my big mug of Costa coffee that I'm famously known for drinking, and I'm very excited to be on the He's podcast. Crackers, this guy. He's crackers with his Costa. So. <laughs> so, Adam, it falls upon you today for episode four, the the first rotation. You are in charge of today's episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember we mentioned. I think it was last episode. Am I right in thinking that we discussed that each of us would have our own kind of niche topics that we would aim yes. for? I believe yes, so. Yes, I believe I was I was going to go with stuff where the food was the main issue. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Adam, what was your your speciality? My choice is for episodes that have high drama and absurd levels of drama and editing. Things where it's proper reality television instead of cooking television. And Joe, what what, what are you going to try and focus on for your nightmare picks? Well, I kind of regret what I picked, but oh. I'm going to have to go with it anyway. I picked this about, was it two months ago? I think we just, we recorded that episode. Yeah. And I said, I want to go for the worst walk-ins. Like the worst, most disgusting <laughs> kitchens. Really gross. So the ooze, the slime. Yeah. Would that extend yeah. to when Gordon runs his finger underneath the crevice of a <laughs> seldom... Oh, sorry. Mm. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got a medical update, I guess, that we need we to get do. out of the way here. This podcast now has got medical considerations. I'm on medication that makes me very nauseous. Mm-hmm. And as I may have mentioned on either a previous episode of It's Raw or it was the big show, show, show. But even coffee now can make me actually sick. Oh, no. Like just the smell of coffee. It's really hard. <gasps> That's so, the best part. I know, I know. I know. No, literally making coffee in the morning has made me sick oh, recently. Joe. It's like a military operation because we. it's like, yeah, right, 0800 you come in, wake you up, and then five minutes later, the pill will be taken. And then 15 <laughs> minutes later, the cough will be brought in. Because if the coffee's brought in too soon, oh, yeah. then you get sick and the pill comes up. And then it's again, it's like the fox and the chicken and the bag of grain. <laughs> and if the chicken gets sick, can you take over the fox and the grain? I don't know. It's difficult. Either way, I'm really glad this is an Adam episode because <laughs> it's the safest bet with regards to my nausea. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I feel like I've really shot myself in the foot for like, my mean... future episodes i feel like medical things given we'd be you know i think we'd be okay with you changing your mind if no. you want to have different criteria no you still want no. to stick with this no. imagine how disappointed the 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 it's raw universe would be <laughs> if if i changed my my niche while I'm feeling extra nauseous, because now I feel we've got a new we've got a new challenge. Which episode can actually make me throw up? And it wasn't this episode. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. At the start. No, okay. like, there were there were some moments where I was sick in my mouth, and I was kind of like, mm. thought I might, might actually be sick, but no, I was fine. Well, that's very uh, worth bearing in mind, I guess, in future episodes, because it yeah. feels like something we've danced around here is that very much my niche is also going to cause you to be nauseous yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So Adam, yeah, you you chose this because of the draw. 
drama then? Yes, we'll get into it as it unfolds. But as we'll see, this episode is one where the producers had an idea of like, oh yeah, we'll do this story, Gordon will do this, and they'll respond this way. And the responses they get from the participants maybe aren't exactly what they were looking for. And you have, it's great to see the TV show very clearly change course and steer the ship itself. Like, no, you will go in this direction whether you want to or not. Very exciting to get into the episode. But before we do so, why don't I share with you a horrible kitchen nightmare that I recently experienced mm. so we all feel really good about ourselves. Okay, recently. Recently. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy at how well I've taken this because I think it, at the time it made me very, very upset, but I can't help but look back and laugh. So it was Joe's birthday recently, uh-huh. and as a result of it being Joe's birthday, where usually we go out for like a meal or something, mm. I took it upon myself to try and like make some things for her birthday weekend, us being in lockdown in 2020. And I may have tried to make slightly too many things. Nah. I, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. not, not when I'm here to eat all of the things. <laughs> I, as I, I was making the exact right amount of things for Joe's birthday. <laughs> and one of the things I was making was this seemingly very simple tart. And it's just called a French tomato tart mm-hmm. from Chef John of foodwishes.com. And it's basically just Dijon mustard with, with nice tomato slices mm-hmm. and a little bit of herb de Provence and you bake it and it's very tasty but it's one of them tarts where you have to like shape it and put it in the freezer and dock it and right. then like cut out bits of pastry to like make a special border so it has a wall and I spent a fucking hour and a half freezing docking crimping I never do that I'm pretty much every time I make a tart it looks like an A2 piece of paper like with food on it <laughs> and I did all the crimping I put it on my special wire rack that I got so that the bottom could dry out and mm-hmm. not get soggy so it would be crunchy all the way through I left it on the windowsill to cool very nicely outside and it was finally ready and absolutely perfect and I took it and it just slid right off the wire no. rack right onto the fucking floor and because oh. it was outside it fell on the floor outside one of them, there was two and one of them was okay. No, they were both fine. To be fair, the one that fell, it landed base down. So it... Okay. I, I, I have no shame. I ate it. It was delicious. <laughs> there was, there was obviously a, a quick once over. Yeah, obviously. Of course, you know. yeah. You didn't eat it off the floor. Like. <laughs> I was up there at the pass making sure it was okay before I gave it <laughs> off to the maitre d' or whatever it was. But the reason why I was very upset with it at the time, and I did at one point in the next few days have a little cry because I was stressed out about it. But what I will say is I'm very happy because one of the reasons why it stayed together so much is because it was docked, because it was frozen, hmm. because it was so crunchy that when it fell, it almost snapped perfectly and okay. was able to be put back together quite easily. Yeah. It's crunching a saved Adam. Okay, well, you did a great job in that case and you, you made it with its own built-in case almost. Yeah, foundations. Yeah. Exactly. And still better than most phone cases as well. So if you need me to wrap <laughs> your smartphone in some puff pastry, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'd say that's more of a kitchen miracle than a kitchen nightmare because it was still salvaged. You still had a nice time. Everything was okay. Yeah. At the time, though, it was a waking kitchen nightmare. Ah. Okay, It was. Because it was one of those things, everything ever happened to you and you, you're literally like, I don't even know how to react. Yep. I was there with my hands and my hips going, well, that's happened now. What Aww. exactly happens next? <laughs> I think it was extra hard as well because like, if it happened any other day, you would have been okay with being a little bit upset about it. Mm. But because it was my birthday, yeah. no, no and none of that allowed. It no. wasn't the birthday meal. It was the night before. It was the night before the birthday Still meal. Still my birthday. But yeah. hey, let's look at someone else who had a much worse time than I did. Let's get into season six, episode number 10. 
it's Nino's. And Adam, all I can say is, as soon as you hit us up in the group chat and said, I've picked Nino's, I was like, that's one of those episodes, isn't it? Yep. You know you're in for a good time when the owners got their own Wackiest Moments compilation on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with this episode. I've not heard of this before or seen it before. Yeah. Is it like a known, infamous... The, it's not like Amy's Baking Company levels of this episode is outrageous, but mm. there's a bit in it where someone does an impression of Nino and that bit went viral and has become like a bit of a meme. So people do know of this one, I think. Okay. The issue here at hand is that there is a video that has been viewed, I'm looking at it right here, 16 million times. <laughs> Hello, my name is Nino, with around 20 O's there. And it's not even Nino as well. That's the nope. thing. I think the man who does the impression, we'll get into it, has been wrongly identified as Nino. Yep. Such is the devastating nature of this impression. The Kitchen Nightmare videos get like crazy views, but even by their standards, that's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Now, I want to start off before we get into the episode itself with an apology and also a make good here because I set out to once again listen for the noise and I ended up getting so into the episode I didn't count any of them because I was just like fully invested, had the blinders on. But what I've brought with me today as a sort of a make good is some information from our friend Lizzie on Twitter who told us that the instrument they use to make all of the noises and all the different oohs and ahs, the bits they use in Kitchen Nightmares, is called a waterphone. Oh. And if you look up a waterphone, you can see this interesting little device and depending on how you stroke it and touch it, you can get all sorts of Kitchen Nightmares noises. I'm sorry, a water phone did i hear that right water phone yes it's like a, a wooden circle with a load of metal rods coming it looks off like a of head it massager lengths. almost kind of yeah <laughs> it sounds like more like a torture device or something yeah no it, it does have that, that air to it now when you say it, it makes a lot of noises obviously but you said a whole bunch are we getting shin are we getting... Yeah, you, you can get you can get a shung out of it. You can get a rakaka if you hit the different tones. Like, it's, there's so many different ways to mess with a water phone. And I do feel like we should probably get one for the podcast. Are they expensive? Because I, so. I really, really I've not want checked. one. I have checked. They were running around two or three hundred dollars. Ah, no. I can get you one off wish.com for like 20 quid. <laughs> Yeah, you're just going to get one of those toy phones and instead of filled with candy, it'll be full of water. Full That's what they'll say. There's lots of uh, family drama in this one, Adam. Is this a particular reason why you were drawn to it? Yes, because there is a... It's, I mean, it's kind of a Bob's Burgers configuration here. You've got the, the two parents that bought and ran the restaurant and they made their kids work there, all three of them. And now we're seeing Bob's Burgers like 30 years later when they're all old and resentful at this point. Yeah, and Gene's doing really mean impersonations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're in Long Beach, California, where Nino's has stood on this site since 1958. So at the time, record half half a century of Nino's. Now, I'm a bit confused about this because they make it clear that Nino's is named after the son yes. who inherited the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't always called Nino's, right? It was called something else. No, I'm pretty sure it's always been. Just the name that they used, I'm pretty sure. So what, they named their son after their restaurant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Nino, Nino himself is 60 here, they say. The restaurant's arranged... Mm -hmm. It would have been around 52 years old when this right. came out. So it is possible that he was the, the youngster. Although at one point, Nino, who kind of takes a lot of the fact that the restaurant is his namesake, apparently some of the siblings are like, the dad used to come in and say, Jack in a box. The guy who owned it, he ain't a collar jack. Like, so pretty much like, <laughs> he's not, really he's not meant to love the fact that it's called Nino's. 
it is a restaurant that has a significant real life former glory to it it seems like you know it feels like it couldn't yes. be here for this long without a bit of an actual mm. following vincenzo who hails originally from italy and inga who is from germany first generation immigrants and they come to the u.s and set up the restaurant it's a nice success story and like the fact that it's like it's a, it's a couple that have owned it for over 50 years it is quite wholesome and nice it did make me nervous straight away because this is a significantly more high stakes episode than usual yeah the fact that inga is still like heavily involved even though i mean what yeah nino is 60 so i mean she's... dad's 88 and has yeah. dementia so inga she, she must be yeah. in her like late 70s early 80s maybe you would have thought by the way did anyone see the random photos of inga and Vincenzo oh my god wall? she's so hot yeah. fucking angelina Legit. jolie yeah. like seriously <laughs> they, they had this classical fucking brilliance about yeah. them and look the worst thing always in kitchen nightmares when it's something that could have like, it has made a nest egg for someone. They could have retired. Mm-hmm. And then there's some ingrate children who are there and they're doing a rubbish job. And you just see, like, the dad's obviously can't do much because he's got onset dementia. And the mom's just like, oh, I'm withdrawing from our retirement fund every week to pay for the yeah. restaurants. Uh, Nino's the manager. Michael is not technically employed, but he's a brother and full-time imitator of his brother, Nino. It's literally mm-hmm. Mean Gene. Literally, <laughs> exactly yeah, Mean Gene. so much like Mean Gene Oakland. Yep. If he was mean. <laughs> well, I was going to say, he reminded me a lot of Mean Gene on Legends House, where you cut to yes. like a, one of those little interviews and Mean Gene's like moaning about the others and doing nasty impressions of them. And <laughs> oh, such. blow it out your ass, Nino. You don't know good Italian food if it bit you in the backside. <laughs> Karina is there, who's like, they say she's working full time somewhere else. Yeah. And she's the sister, yeah. the youngest. And it feels like Nino and the brother Mike, there's a lot of issue there because we've all got siblings. Now, mm-hmm. did your siblings ever do a recurring impression of you? Or, or did you do a recurring impression? <laughs> it feels like this guy really has it in for his brother with the impression here i mean impressions not so much there's obviously stuff that you will like never let your siblings live down or ever let them forget you wind them up about it but this isn't winding each other up this is like i've been hanging on to some really <laughs> personal shit and i'm gonna do a very nasty and insulting impression of you any any uh any name calling and your or imitations joe and your sibling rivalry no the closest to that i think i ever did was i think i may have told this story before about how i used to smile at my brother at the dinner table Oh, that's mean. <laughs> like, that's nasty, Jeff. I'd do it like this. Oh, folks. That's uh, the Niles Crane smile of yeah. doing there. Exactly. And then then he would yell at the dinner table, Mom, Dad, Jana's smiling at me. And they'd be like, oh, that's nice. And be like, no, in, in a horrid For God's way. Sake. It's Roald Dahl levels of trickery right there. <laughs> I know, there. I was a horrible sister. <laughs> so, Nino... How would you guys describe him? I said he's like Dana Weish, but lazier and somehow stupider. Yes. He's the granddad from Everybody Loves Raymond, but somehow angrier and lazier. He's the voice in Joe Rogan's head that gets to watch the next YouTube video. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not following up with that one. (laughs) (laughs) So Nino has got kind of free reign of the place, but not in the way that you want. Like he doesn't seem to do a whole lot other than mostly fighting with customers. I love that we get yeah. clown music when we first get introduced to Nino. Whoopsie <laughs> daisy music. Properly like pie in the face. Did you hear what he was arguing with the customers about? No. So there was hair in the food. Oh yes, oh my God. And then he was no, like- No, there wasn't. You must have put it there. And then the guy has to yep. go, I've got red curly hair. This isn't my hair. And then Nino goes, well, I haven't got any hair. 
Because obviously, he's the only person who could have put hair in the food. I absolutely hate that. You know, you go to a restaurant, you bring your hair, you just want to be able to put it there covertly and not have a fuss made about it. And then Nino's all over him like that. It's rubbish. (laughs) But we're like... Uh, like 60 seconds into being introduced to Nino and we see him being stood like stood in the kitchen doorway being held back by other staff members <laughs> pointing at the customer shouting you're a lying sack of shit while he's getting pulled away like it's not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth it I love that Nino's title for the entire episode is manager slash son <laughs> <laughs> he gets two paychecks this way so they're going like triple fucking bust here the mum's run out of money for mm. retirement she you know is spending all of her time there they're bringing all the family in there everyone seems to be going through some sort of personal insolvency at the same time as well and also nino who's got issues that we never really drill down into is at the epicenter of he's yeah. had some kind of uh... I think kind of alcohol relapse he's mentioned he's been through a recovery program Mm. it's very strange because on the one hand the family seem to be supportive but also as we'll as we'll get into they also bring it up at the random kind of like just when he's feeling good about himself they'll be like don't forget about this yeah throwing it in his face backstory and trauma or as it's known to the family all reliable Uh, (laughs) yeah it it comes up a few times gordon's in the house Haunted house, more like. This is one dusty old restaurant. He confronts the staff and owners about the food, first and foremost. What does, what does Nino reckon to the Italian fare on offer? 10 out of 10. Perfect. Yeah, 10 out of 10. All the kids think the food is great, actually. Which, the lowest yeah. is an 8, I yeah, think. Yeah, eight, Which I think was Michael or Karina, I forget which. But, like, both of them did not seem that enthusiastic about the restaurant. So I'm, I'm expecting this food to be awesome. How? The one thing Michael is enthusiastic about is telling off Nino, though, because when they get sat down for this family meeting, he is, like, sat there fucking bouncing in his seat, like, it's all going to come out today, baby. I've been waiting years for this. Is it like Michael has said, I'm not going to speak to Nino ever again. They haven't spoken properly in three or four years. And then someone's on the horn saying, yeah, Mikey, baby, Nino's in the ship because Gordon Ramsay's coming to start the restaurant. He's like, I'm there. I'm there and I I will be a member of staff. Because he's not one second with the camera on him and he's like, Hello, I'm Nino! That's what he says. That's you, that is. It's like, yeah, he, he doesn't really have any investment in the restaurant. He really doesn't seem to give a shit. But clearly he heard about Kitchen Nightmares coming to town and he would not pass up this opportunity. Because it seems like he just floated into town just in time for this to start. Oh, I don't know. I was going to ask you guys both, who do you think actually wants the restaurant to fail? Because I think there is an intruder amongst Michael. this group. You think Michael? What do you think, Joe? Yeah. I don't think any of them want it to fail. I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah. I think the parents in this family have not dealt with conflict very well. Mm, And it seems to be the mum, Inga, her her way of dealing with arguments is just to go, everyone stop fighting. You're all as bad as each other. Mm. And I reckon because she's been such an ineffective voice of reason michael the younger brother is kind of taken up on himself to be like right well if she's not going to act like a parent to nino i've got to do it instead look if you're not going to imitate your child i will all right i've i've heard stories of people that have like anger problems talking about their parents when they were younger and being very much sort of like i don't care who started it and then to them as a kid feeling like actually it's kind of very important that yeah. you know who started it because this is clearly they've antagonized yeah. me I... and that can lead to issues with anger and stuff like that when you get older i know, I know that could lead to like specific 
specifically people having issues with anger, but like I, you know, find me someone who that doesn't piss off. Because like from from yeah. teaching, I'll tell you the one way always to make the most mild mannered person in the world see beat red straight away, regardless of of age, ability, or demeanor, was to say I don't care what who's right or who's wrong you're both punished yeah. or it's both shit or whatever no one ever that's like that's being human pretty much yeah so well, nino's got some interesting responsibilities being the only one who's uh here full-time despite the fact that he lets this one slip by they don't really drill down on it but nino comes in he says at eight and leaves at four on a restaurant mm-hmm. that primarily does nighttime service but he's the main guy in charge. Yeah. Well, he's the cleaner, isn't he? He does janitorial yes. work, he claims. Yeah. He says, I'm in charge and I wash the patio and I clean the stairs. Um... He says he cleans the toilets and plates. Mm-hmm. He says he works four to eight hours a day cleaning. Okay. Basically, what he's saying is the restaurant is like all so well set up that yes, I'm in charge, but I tell everyone what to do. And then I come in, I clean everything top to bottom, and then everything else just runs like clockwork. That's all there is to it here. I tell you what, I do like his his approach or his alleged approach of in early, out early. That's uh, fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, however, as someone who was formerly in early, out early, he's got an issue working against me is that no one believes him like no one <laughs> nope. believes him at all and i'll say in my former job when i used to come in early and go out early there was a lot of people who didn't believe me mm. and then i set off the burglar alarm at half past five in the morning and <laughs> everyone <laughs> believed me forever so yeah it's it's one of those situations where nino's got a lot of defending to do and not a lot of material to do it with He's the charge that he watches a lot of TV. Yeah, the mum, as Nino's saying how much cleaning he does, the mum jumps in the conversation to go, mm, you only come in to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, it's open season because as soon as she said that, everyone yeah. turns on Nino. And they're basically saying that, yeah, you come in early, but you sit on your ass and watch TV and then leave at four. And his defense is flawless. Crystal. He has a 40-inch plasma screen back home. So why would I come all the way to work to watch this <laughs> shitty little TV? Like... It's not even HD enabled. You can't nope. even watch his Blu-rays on that thing. You know what's amazing about this entire shit show, despite the fact it, it comes within... I'd say 100 seconds of Gordon coming in. It's mm-hmm. completely unprompted, it feels like. He's literally yep. in to be like, show me to my seat, give me food. And they're bap, 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 mm. all cylinders. They've skipped forward to the yep. bit that happens at the end yep. of Act 2. <laughs> really quick. This family is explosive. We find out that Nino is not only lazy, but he's a customer chatter as well. Mm-hmm. I feel we need a term for this, for It's Raw. Like, the name of a manager or owner who talks to the customers when they're trying to eat food. Oh, uh, yeah, because, I mean, I feel like it has to be so that sums it up like we talked about it on the podcast as well of what it's like when you go to a restaurant and someone yeah. does that with you and natural yeah. you know I don't know yeah, if that... they, they always call you matey as well whenever yeah. I have it happen to me it's like oh you doing matey you're alright and I'm like okay you've already pissed me off by calling me that. and the food is never very good it isn't no. there's something to you with banter and say alright mate you might want to chew my ear off but I want to chew this underwhelming food so <laughs> leave it out yeah and the worst thing about him being a customer chatter is that apparently he does it while eating his own lunch uh, idea of an owner coming over to you with his his lunch plate full of food and being like how's your lunch then it's pretty good isn't it i'm loving this so the person who's standing out as having the most anger or the most to say is easily mike he has Mm -hmm. like four minutes uninterrupted stream of consciousness i say uninterrupted he literally at one point nino looks at him and he in the middle of his big speech mike goes can can i talk please mr always talking (laughs) he literally interrupts himself to talk about other people interrupting him 
him. I feel bad for Nino at this point because I, I came into this expecting Nino to be the 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 heel of the episode. He's a pretty yeah, shitty villain, villain like, yeah. You know. But I actually I just felt really bad for him. Like obviously he's shit and useless, and he should be doing more. But like. Michael properly cut a mean gene like promo on him here. Yeah. And he doesn't even work in the restaurant. No. <laughs> I, I just loved watching Gordon's face here because like you say, he sat them down. He's like, why don't you tell me what you think the restaurant is? And this huge five minute blow up started. And then there's things like Michael going, oh, Nino's a pathological liar. Gordon looks bemused. Cut to Nino going, oh, he's only saying that because I'm in a recovery program, which is clearly news to Gordon because that blows him away as well. Like he is completely overwhelmed already. I love how it all ends because Michael literally turns to his brother and goes, he doesn't do crap! And then Gordon's like, right, let's get some food then, shall we? <laughs> oh, well, not without the most vital moment here where Michael midstream is going like, and Nino is just running around going from table to table and every night he's just walking around there going, hello, my name is Nino! And then Gordon is literally facing his hands trying not to corpse because this is all getting so much for him right now. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Kitchen Nightmares where Gordon looks so consistently bemused. Yeah. And season six yeah. as well. Yeah. I would, you know, season one we did an episode from Sebastian's and it was like right Gordon was obviously taken aback by it but even here he's like right this is one of those self-playing pianos I guess it'll just take care of itself <laughs> Gordon is serious business here ordering from the menu because he's got his little glasses <laughs> that's how you know it's season 6 the eyesight's finally started going and now, now right? that I have my son's eyes I no longer need to wear glasses so he uh, has got some interesting items on the menu such as eggplant, which is assumably what happens when you let a crest in an eggshell go out of control, and <laughs> one meat ball. Sign me up. Now, he's like, yeah, it's funny that they're spelled wrong and it says eggplant and everything, but Gordon is literally, like, he calls a waiter over and he's like, look at this. This is so stupid. Look how stupid they are, these first-generation immigrants. They can't even get English right. How stupid. <laughs> I feel I've seen much funnier, worse typos yeah. in Manchester mm -hmm. than I have, like... In this episode, I mean, yeah. I did once see stir-fried Wikipedia in Japan once, but I mean, <laughs> I think they were just having a laugh. I I love that when Gordon says that he's he's waiting for the food to come, and he's like, "Hey, Mike, come over here. Do you want to make fun of Nino some more?" And he's like, "Do I?" And Nino's right there. <laughs> Like yeah, not only is Nino there, it's like a horror movie could because it's zoomed in on Michael and Gordon being like, <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking bollocks. And then crash zoom out. He's stood there, hands on his hips, looking like a fucking demon. It's horrifying. Have you ever seen, it's one of my favourite YouTube videos ever of like this Sherlock Holmes game where Watson follows you without <laughs> yes. actually walking anywhere. He just appears <laughs> behind you. <laughs> Literally this, but it's Nino and he's just there with his hands on his hips looming. Now, I don't know about you, but when someone comes over and decides to talk to me against my will at a restaurant, I really hope they detail the cleaning regiment they take place that takes place in the uh. restaurant. I mean, sure, but like if that evidence, I'm not gonna believe them, alright. <laughs> Look, Joe, he's here at eight in the morning with Boxes, all right, and Gordon's like, "Yeah, come on, tell me more, big boy." And he's like pulling the gum, and there's fucking cobwebs, yeah. and there's all these dusty old bottles. Then Nino's back with your evidence, Joe. My God, yeah, he's got. Oh my he's God, he's got some photos. Is it a dossier? I guess. He's got some photos of him cleaning, which is a very strange thing because he's like he's presenting <laughs> these to Gordon as evidence that he does clean. And then Gordon says, this is the first time anyone has ever shown me photos of themselves cleaning. 
it's weird. I don't think I've ever had a single picture of me cleaning taken no. in my entire 32 years no. on this side. I mean... He does it with such confidence. Like, he slams the photos on Gordon's desk like he's got pictures of spiders. <laughs> and he's like, well, please, like, what do you got to say now then? And Gordon's literally just like, this is weird. What are you doing? Do you have, like, a private investigator following him around? Well, it's, like, it's funny like, you mention that because at the start he's mad proud. And then, like, Gordon goes on like this ain't the last time gordon mentions the the photography mm-hmm. here and then later on nino's like well like i didn't take the pictures gordon i'm in the pictures so i don't know who <laughs> took them i was just here to show you this evidence that just came into my you know <laughs> i've got something you might want to see mr nino like <laughs> brown envelope like in a shady car park i want that to be my approach for just generally dealing with problems from now on is just like take pictures of me doing the things that i've been accused of not doing yeah could someone get a few pictures <laughs> Of me podcasting, please. You, you know? never have to podcast again, do you? Easy peasy. First meal arrives. Joe, you want to take us through the chicken piccata? So, yeah, it's a chicken piccata, which seems to be a chicken pasta of some kind with a beige sauce. It's, it's described as being lemon with capers and mushrooms, but it's also Ooh. got a marinara sauce on the side. It's mm-hmm. very wet. It's very beige. When he says that it was flowery and slimy and covered in raw Mm. flour oh my god and he does one of our favorites here because rather than just tell nino about it he's like go on touch it you know you want to touch it get your fingers right in there and nino (laughs) is terrified of touching the food he does not want to touch the food it's just line that he won't cross i was going to ask you if you've got like a gordon description for it joe uh but i don't know if that's going to uh i mean does does the nausea allow for that part of the episode still yeah, no, I think I can do it, but I have to describe a few more things that Gordon himself mm-hmm. has said about this food first, mm-hmm. so you, the audience gets the full context. So Gordon is, first of all, he's pissed that Nino isn't touching his chicken, <laughs> because he says that the chicken is now slimy and furry. <laughs> it's become furry as well as slimy. Uh, raw flour is one of the most horrible flavors in the world it's so, like you know it just ruins 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 anything and the idea of chicken mm. like dry chicken covered in flour oh my fucking god so i would say that this food looks like a plate of two separate leftover dinners <laughs> that have been put on one plate and then forgotten about and left to go moldy in a drawer mm. somewhere uh, in I, a drawer. I can add one thing to that yeah. all right i like to think that this is if there was some sort of airplane crash and then there was some sort of a Mad Max scenario where all the people went off into tribal groups and whoever got the food, the king of those people would get two airline dinners, which is what would this would be. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bring me my chicken scarapella and vegetable ratatouille pasta medley. <laughs> Gordon does have a, a few extra little bits and bobs here now. You know, obviously we didn't have any hands, Adam, but we did have the cuckoo and, and him widen up his ear that's a new one i think they bought a new cd for season six or something that's got all these fun new effects gordon can play with our next dish one meat ball 54 years old i like the fact that the the menu wasn't a typo gordon's fucking owned boom take that gordon it was one meat ball it was a ball of meat Mm -hmm. now and it was chopped in half which is a bit weird i'd be very disappointed if i was serving meatballs that were chopped in half that's my game like I yeah to do that, yeah you know? i think the inside color of a meatball should probably not resemble paxo stuffing but that was what it looked <laughs> it looked like a big congealed falafel inside i love how yeah. gordon describes it does he even eat it yeah he tries it and he says 
This tastes 54 years old. Which, at the time of recording, as far as I could work out, was 10 years senior to Gordon's actual age. Like, right now, Gordon is 53. Fuck off, he's 53 now. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> off, he's 63 now. <laughs> he's way older than that. Are you serious? According to, according to Wikipedia, he's 53. Gordon also says the meatball is bland, soggy, hideous, but the salty marinara sauce, which makes it sound like it's a compliment. It was not a compliment. That was an insult. No. Nino says, though, it's a matter of taste. Mm, and Gordon fairness. says it yep. isn't. But it literally is. It literally is well, a matter is. of taste. Like, I get Gordon's point, but he's tasting food. It's a matter of taste. <laughs> this is where Nino's started getting all defensive as well now. Like, he's really starting to, like, hulk up and get sort of, like, I can either go along with this or I can just completely deflect everything. And that's the way he's going. So Gordon literally dismisses him and says, go away, go back to the kitchen and talk to them. I just want to eat my food by yeah, myself. Yeah, because Gordon asks him when the meatball was made. And he goes, like, two days ago? And then, then Gordon's like, yeah, yeah, go and ask, please. Mm. I know you're scared of the chefs. You know what? Five days Whoa. on a turnaround at a piece of meat. Like, you know it's bad when you wouldn't probably... I mean, if it was five days in my fridge at home, I'd probably be like, uh, I don't know if that's good yeah, anymore. wouldn't chance you know, it. I, I don't know why people in these, in these restaurants are so flippant when... I mean, is it... I guess it's... I'm, from experience, it's really hard to pin food poisoning on a restaurant. You oh, know? yeah, true. So is that why people I don't guess. care? You know? Gordon is obsessed with saying that there's smoke in his ass, that people are blowing smoke up his ass, <laughs> which is like Gordon in the way that he likes candied bacon now, that he likes American things. He likes this turn of phrase as well. He basically turns to Nino at this point and says, you sound like a fucking idiot. And it almost feels unwarranted. Not that Nino's not bad, but Gordon has said and done so little here. He just stood there like, Almost perplexed, and now he's just coming at him like with the standard kitchen nightmares. You're a moron, but I don't think Gordon's heart is necessarily in it here. It's too easy. This whole conversation is so funny. It starts off with Gordon. He gets his eggplant parmigiana, and he looks at his food, and suddenly Nino is there, looming. Yep, zoom out again, horror <laughs> zoom. There he is, <laughs> like a ghost. Gordon says, you're in denial. Nino says, no, I'm not. Gordon says he's shitting himself. And then Nino points out that Gordon should probably start wearing diapers because that shouldn't be happening to him. Boom. For goodness but then sake. Gordon says, are you okay? Are you just trying to act like an idiot? Nino says, I'm not an idiot. Gordon says, then stop sounding like one. Nino says, you sound like an idiot yourself. Gordon says, I sound like an idiot. And then at some point... <laughs> oh, at some point, no one thought to cut any of that. I think a particular no. word was used, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It was bleeped. But some word was used against Nino by Gordon, and he was really angry I think it's when it. he said he was a fucking idiot, because that's when Nino said yeah. it back to him. And Gordon's like, what are you saying that to me for? And he's like, I'm just saying what you said back to me. Karina then comes out to like literally like calm yep. everyone down. Rain him in. And Nino has, of course, arrived at the true conclusion that only real chefs and owners from Kitchen Nightmares do. The real problem with this restaurant that's been struggling for years is Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and well, the only way he comes to that conclusion is by copying Gordon's yes. insult again. Because Gordon goes, I finally see the problem here and I'm looking right at him. Yeah, I'm looking right at him too, actually. I came up with that one first. Like, I just... I pity Nino. He's like obviously yeah. like not very. He's over his head, isn't he? Like witty or like yes. cutting or anything. He he want he's got all this pent up anger, but he doesn't know how to vocalize it. And then he's got like these siblings who are very succinct and good at criticizing. And 
Oh, I actually feel really bad for him. I do, because it feels like there's a large expectation on him, because he is the eldest as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know? Mm -hmm. So the decision Mm -hmm. is to hold another family meeting. Oh, boy. this went so well the last time, Adam. Yeah, so let's get everyone back together again to maybe yell at Nino some more for being useless. Gordon says he's depressed, and he tells... Because Nino's defence is that he's got a circle of friends, and they're the ones keeping the business afloat. To which Gordon does his brilliant punctuation here, his overuse of full stops by telling Nino, your circle of friends isn't keeping the business afloat. And Nino is completely shocked to learn that you can't just rely on friends to buy all of your food. When there's all those gaps, do you guys reckon that it's part of a much bigger sentence or paragraph that they've chopped together or that Gordon did literally take all those spaces? I think Gordon talks that way and that's why he's a reality editor's dream because (laughs) he talks like that. Like me and Alice watched some YouTube poops the other night of him and it's great because you sometimes can't even tell that it's been made up because he speaks that way anyway. You can make him say whatever you want, you know? (laughs) Fucking hell, it's exhausting watching this family fight like you were saying earlier joe about families who fight about fighting and not actually fight the thing in question yeah Yeah. and then you cut to like that they're all shouting like michael is shouting at nino and you see inga the mother she's like sat there with her head in her hands like this is breaking her heart and this is killing this poor old lady so then michael turns both barrels towards her instead and starts shouting at her now god you know what i'm glad that they never spoke with the father with dementia because he was there a few times yeah. to see him oh yeah I don't know I was a bit worried it's sad just that Michael isn't just having a go at Nino but when he has a go at his mum he's like oh mom, you're always having a go at us going you fighting you fighting oh give me a break like he does nasty impressions yeah. of everyone what do you reckon this guy does normally because he says he's got his own career no idea the way there's something about his haircut the way he presents himself he has like a fake tan He's got to be something show busy mm. or something where you have to have a big personality like a salesman or something because yeah. he seems very manufactured. He struck me as someone who answered like a Tim and Eric casting call or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's time for the service. Please tell me one of you saw the ridiculous lasagna. <laughs> tell me about this lasagna, please, oh. Joe. It looks like a gala pie. Or maybe a cross-section of the Earth's crust. (laughs) Please tell me again what a gala pie is, because Irish (laughs) listeners, this sounds so made up. I can't believe you've never had one, because you'd fucking love gala pies. I mean, it does sound great. Yeah, it is great. A gala pie is basically a pork pie pie. (laughs) Pie in a pie. (laughs) Pork pie pie. Well, because pork pies are small. Gala pies are big. Okay. They're like a proper big pie. But it's not like a double layer of pastry or anything like that. Okay. No. Okay, well, no, I'll hope to get up with that. layer of pastry and you've got mm. pork in there. And then in the middle is a long egg. Oh, and this is why I like it is that I've watched videos of people making it mm-hmm. and they lay the eggs along yeah. in the special pillow of it's cute. meat. cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's amazing. Is that is is that something that you both grew up with then, is it? No, I didn't go to many galas myself. <laughs> I only became familiar with it when I started working at the, the delicatessen and the butchers because we served them. Okay, look, i got to say right now, I know it, it may be preemptive, but I had a little bit of a thing about that, that beef lasagna. I, I'm not going to lie. If, if I was presented that beef mm. lasagna... I wouldn't be very upset. What, the frozen... <laughs> what, just in my mind, I'm not very good at imagining something frozen while it's going to be like cooked on a plate because yeah. I imagine it will lose mm. that triumphant looking shape. But it looked like a fucking a power-up from Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so big. And then we get the, the chicken here, the nasty fucking dry, greasy chicken in the pan. Gordon is like absolutely fascinated and cannot stop touching it and then he gets nino he's like nino come over here you need to see this right now and nino marches in <laughs> gordon opens the lid and nino goes 
that's chicken. Like, like that's what Gordon was going to ask him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Gordon has got one thing in his head. If he can save this restaurant, cool, that's fine. If he can make him see the air of their ways, that's all right. But as God is his witness, he will make Nino touch one item of <laughs> yeah. food before this episode is over. Nino's got standards, though. He's not going to just do it anywhere. He's going to do it in the kitchen, mm. in his own private room. I mean, fairness, if you touch that that chicken, that's the type of kitchen that... Do you ever, like, leave a tissue in a pocket in the washing machine and it kind of gets into, like, a oh, fancy yeah. jumper and it'll be there yep. forever? I feel like if you touch that chicken, oh. it'll never come out. <laughs> You've got that special boomerang food in that it is coming back... As soon as it is being yep. made, and I don't have medication that gives me nausea, and I was feeling straight up nauseous at this Horrible. point here. Yeah. Will you be okay during this bit, Joe? Well, I, I watched it, so yeah. I'm sure I'll be okay recounting it, yeah. It's got to be one of my top peeves is ooze mm. and oil and food. And this has got it plenty. And while the kitchen's in chaos and all the orders are coming back, where's Nino? What's he up to? Where was he? Yeah, sorry, I don't actually have where he was. We, we get some light music there. And, oh, oh, what's that? It's Nino. And he's having lunch with his mum and dad. Oh, great. Did he get clown music again? Uh, <laughs> no, we get light music, like he's in a sitcom or the big show show or something. He says he hasn't eaten it's... all day. So. Oh, yeah. wow. And so he waited till the middle of dinner service to finally sit down and get some food on. Okay, so this, this food that's coming back, I want to talk a bit about this, please. Because there's a lot of people who think because of Jamie Oliver that you could do a little drizzle of olive oil or something at the end to kind of, mm. I don't know, hide any problems or limitations it has and generally speaking i think it's a way overdone thing but there's a dude there and he tips the plate out of it's just some spaghetti like pasta uh. and pesto and it's a fucking glass of oil in it oh my yeah. god yeah it's disgusting i think it's one of the things that will turn my stomach the most you know yeah uh. i actually don't mind oil like excess oils and if i had to rank all my pet biggest pet peeves in cooking too much oil is actually really low down for me. For me, it's not like, it doesn't make me feel like, ooh, I feel nauseous or repulsed or anything by it. But then as I carry on eating, I physically feel my stomach be like, yeah. this is bad and you can't keep eating <laughs> any more of this. That, that's what's happened to me as I've reached my 30s is that there are foods mm. that I'm like not opposed to. I'm like, I don't mind a greasy X, Y, and Z. You're like, yeah. I'm not going to put this on paper towels. I like the grease. And then like <laughs> a minute later, you're like, wait a minute, it's almost as if my body is <laughs> not on board with me here on this. <laughs> so we headed to... Uh, I mean, of course, in the middle of service, when stuff is being returned, now's as good a time as any because we used up all yep. the time earlier arguing with each other. Let's have a quick look at the walk-in <laughs> in the middle of service. Look, I couldn't even tell you what they find here. Cubes of silicone? I don't... What is this? Why do they always, always in these walk-ins have big open buckets with no lids on them? They're always just like open buckets and containers <laughs> filled with goo and oil. I will say... Having worked at a restaurant, that is quite mm. realistic. It's because it's so cold that really? it's okay. It's, so what the purpose is, you, you put them in these buckets so that you use it for like that one service. So you have it easy mm. access so you can just go in, shovel out what you need, and then it's there uh -huh. ready. And then the idea is like anything else gets like properly frozen and stored away in the freezer. And like these buckets are supposed to be cleaned out like twice a service. Ah, uh, that ain't okay. happening here. That does not happen here or in any episode of Kitchen no. Nightmares. <laughs> it actually reminds me, you've given me a strong memory of when I was like six or seven years old and 
going to try and find a toilet in a restaurant and then looking in and seeing the kitchen service instead mm. and them having a giant tub that had Hellman's mayonnaise yep. written on it and they were spooning what appeared to be <laughs> beef bourbon yawn. And as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's not mayonnaise. I have to tell someone. <laughs> you know, quickly, no, get that coleslaw out of here. The ambassador must know. So there are old salmon sides yeah this was the bit that really yeah yeah i'm really worried here because i'm in the room with the nauseous person sat right beside them there was a bag of open sausages i'm gonna rub your back okay (laughs) and stroke your hair nino claims that he cleans the freezer every night (laughs) (laughs) just the the barefaced lies because gordon comes over to him he's like i've just looked in your fridge do you want to talk about it so he knows gordon's seen it and he's like yeah my spotless fridge i'm so proud of it like just back down dude he says he cleans it every every night he says and then he says i come in for a deeper clean on the weekends oh my (laughs) god as if smell this pepper Smell it! <laughs> it's fossilised. Gordon asks, how long has that been there? And then Nino says, oh, you'd be surprised because they, they go quite fast in a freezer, apparently. I've literally got a pepper that's been in the fridge for a month and a half now. And <laughs> while it's not the happiest thing in the world, it looks it's good fine. for its age and will be fine yeah. in a soup. So, yeah, yeah it, to, to turn like that, that was some pretty... Fu- there were sausages that were just like half cut and just out on yeah. wire racks on their own. Yeah, uh, and then Nino starts trying to negotiate, going, well, look, we wouldn't serve this food. Obviously, the food that's in the walk-in isn't indicative of the food that would actually be served to customers in the restaurant of which the walk-in is a part of. What, are you mad? He's like, is this where he's pinning the blame on his mother and saying that because she owns the place, I've got my hands tied and I can't take control of yeah, this? Yeah, he says, I don't have the authority to assert myself, even though he's the manager slash owner. He said that she resents him, and kind of he implies that she resents him. He's like, oh, well, you know, a couple of years ago, some stuff happened. I think she holds it against me. And, like, she's like, hey, you were in fucking hospital, man. Yeah, so she basically says the last time she took a night off from the the restaurant, Nino went into a full relapse and nearly died, and I had to be, like, arrested and hospitalized and, like, yeah, put in this recovery program. So I think she's a little bit nervous about giving him full responsibility again after that. Even then, she doesn't seem to think that she has withheld any responsibility from him at all, though, because while he's saying that, you can see, this is where she enters the scene. You can tell that a producer has just said to her, you need to go and stand over there for this bit. And she just comes in and goes, Nino, why are you telling all these lies? That's not true at all. I I completely trust you with the business. This is the part of the episode now, which I thought was probably genuinely one of the most unpalatable, just... From a morality point of view. Yeah. Because you've got Gordon there with her and he's going, so sorry, sweetheart, I had no idea. Tell me tell me about Nino. And she's like, oh, well, he's had all these problems and all that. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But he is lazy though, right? Like that, he, like, and like Gordon like literally gets her to s- confirm that in s- yes, yeah. he has problems. He has issues. He has dependencies or whatever it is. But first and foremost, he is lazy and no good. We can all agree yeah. on that. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, he is lazy. <laughs> Fuck me. And then man. this next bit here, because he says to, he rounds off this conversation by saying to Inga, I'm going to need your help. Meet me first thing in the morning. And this next little exercise we have here is the reason I chose this episode, because this is Yay! the backfire of the century on Kitchen Nightmares. I fucking love any time that a reality show does this. Me and Adam watched a reality show where like The Rock is meant to help people turn their lives around, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he does mm. it primarily by showing people hypothetically their own funeral. And he's like, look, it's your funeral. Mm. No one's come. <laughs> you know, better turn it around. And the message never lands. They're always just like, oh, this is clearly for the cameras. So uh, can we get back to Who's learning? The Rock? Like, 
the ghost of Christmas future or something. <laughs> and the, the rock will like sit really aggressively at their funeral as well. So what is it that they actually do to the restaurant then? It's it's a uh, some high end reality TV fair. It's they've cartoonishly ham fistedly stuck these massive signs up that say closed out of business. Nino's fault. We're shut down. It's over. Like it's like a child has was tasked with designing a closed down <laughs> restaurant. It's so obviously fake. And what's the, like the, the plan here? Like, what, why are they doing this? Scare him straight. Yeah, we're trying to wake up Nino by being like, <laughs> "This is your future. Look how terrible it would be if the restaurant closed down. Your poor mother. Now, do you see how hard we have to work? That's the plan." I don't know how effective that is, seeing as it's not as if Nino's no. not confronted with the reality of this every single day when he sees his mother. <laughs> You know? And the fact that there are reality TV cameras everywhere, like stood next to his mother, there's producers running around. It's so obvious and transparent. Nino's just like, okay. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> Do you think yeah. he believes it? That's no, the blunder. I don't think he believes it. And also Gordon Ramsay's like hiding behind some onions like, around the corner <laughs> or something, like Greg Wallace in yeah. the left. She doesn't really do much Inga to sell it. She's like, yeah, uh, the, the restaurant's closed. I just decided I had enough of you in the middle of filming this episode of Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> so yeah, it's closed down now. And Nino is completely fine with it. We get a shot of Gordon Ramsay like with his head drops down. He's like, oh fuck. Like that was a complete swing and a miss. And then there's a cut and suddenly Nino's like, but I think we should keep it open. And then you see Gordon do a thumbs up at them. Like, we got it in the bag, guys. We turned it around. Blatant producer interference where they literally would have said to him there, no, we need you to say we should keep trying. Like, it was so obvious. I love that Nino, um, he, he says he's, he's willing to fight for this restaurant. You know, he, he, he's, he just needs to find the door and open the door so that they can all walk through the door together. I mean, Gordon Ramsay was... Wait, did he actually say that? No! Yeah. No, well, oh, no, did he? He, he was... <laughs> no, he, he, he was actually definitely fed lines, though, because there's a bit where Inga's like, well, it's good that you want to try, but what are we going to do? And he goes, well, we have a world expert on restaurants here. Why don't we ask him? <laughs> like, it was so phony. Jesus fucking Christ. So it's this point that I realise that they're doing, like, a recommitment ceremony here with the siblings. They're like, right, look, the restaurant's coming back better than ever now, folks, after almost being shut down there in the last scene, but not quite. Mm. There's ten minutes left in this episode. We haven't even looked at the food. We don't even know who the chef is. Nope. Nope. What's going on? The family drama just took over this episode and is holding the show hostage. They didn't have chance to do any of the regular stuff they wanted to do this week. (laughs) The siblings aren't really... Also playing ball with the whole idea that, come on, we're all going to come back and the restaurant's going to be okay. Because Mike's like, yeah, I don't see it. I'm pretty sure Nino's going to fuck it up again. And then Gordon's like, no, come on, it'll be good though. This this is like, the show is going so wrong at this point from a producer's point of view. Because Michael literally says, okay, Gordon, yeah, I'm sure he will be committed and he'll do this for three weeks. And then he'll go back to his old self, which is literally what always happens on Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, but he's not done anything with them. Why would he have changed? No. Because he made him pretend that, made him think that the business had shut down and then told him to give a shit. That's why. Get your fucking shit it's gone so wrong. Time to pull, your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Otherwise, we'll pretend to close it down again. I think this is the most ineffectual solution to a problem in an episode 
ever. And I'm including the times where he goes in for 24 hours. And I'm including the episode where yeah. he made two twins box each other. That worked way yeah. better than this. It feels to me like Gordon wasn't properly briefed on this or the producers weren't. And they didn't realize just how messy the situation was going to be until they got there because it just completely overran the well, show. Well, it doesn't matter because Gordon just tells them, no, Nino has changed. Oh, okay. So we have a new restaurant to look forward to, I guess. New Nino. Mike says... <laughs> I truly believe he can change, but I'm also not taking any bets on it. For God's sake. <laughs> Is that truly believing, Mike? <laughs> we have our customary makeover. Seven minutes left in the episode. So I just thought I'd point this out here. Yep. It looks amazing. Yeah. It looks really, really good. It's modern and bright, and it looks clean, and more importantly, easy to keep clean. There's a great bulb sign that spells out Nina. I really liked it. I thought Nina. it was really, really yeah. good. They've got handmade family tables, which Inga likes, because it's very traditionally German, how they'd eat yeah. meals in restaurants there. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone loves mm-hmm. it. My only criticism is, I I hate the tablecloths that Gordon Ramsay insists on putting on every single table in Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, every time. I have this theory, Joe, that Gordon, when he's had any sort of a say in the makeover, like, I think he had a say in this makeover because he didn't just go, look at your new restaurant. He's like, look at your new restaurant. You see these lampshades here? The old apple baskets. <laughs> <laughs> And now you don't tell me Gordon wasn't on made.com and spied those and thought, yeah. I just, can I make sure I say, see this table, yeah? Local family made that. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's still much nicer than like when they get a few f- seasons further in and every time it's like, and I'd like to thank our friends at Overstock.com for giving us all their spare <laughs> furniture tonight. At least this is local. Six minutes left. Here's a new menu. And we, we got an in-depth <laughs> critique from them, including everything's perfect. Wow. And my personal favorite from Mike, Really good, yeah. This was so disappointing. They literally just so new menu, look, we see like five shots of some food very quickly and then it's on to the relaunch night. We don't get to see anything that's actually happening with the menu. They all get to try it though. All the staff yeah. get they to do. try the they full do. menu, which is good. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's an episode of Kitchen Nightmares that I should have seen in this episode. They, as, yeah. as we were saying though, there's just so much to put in and if they'd done the drama with like the other co-workers or, or with that new menu and the new restaurant mm. design, we wouldn't have gotten all the drama with Michael and Karina and Nino. This should have been a two-parter, I think, maybe. Yeah. I was going to say, it's a damning indictment that it's not a two-parter because yeah. like, look, people would have just gotten so sick of Mike and Nino by the end of episode one, Would they have, They wouldn't have come back for episode two. <laughs> like. And in fairness, spoiler Spoiler alert, I don't know anything about the restaurant, but I'm assuming it doesn't go very well at the end of this. Well, we'll have to wait and see, Kevin. It's relaunch night. And I have to ask, under what under what mindset could one convince themselves that this would have any reason to work? It's the same staff. Mm-hmm. It's the same people. There's more people because the siblings who don't normally work there are there working as well. <laughs> uh. Nino's actually having to be the role of the restaurant manager and I don't think mm-hmm. he's ever actually done it before because he's already behind on tickets. Like we get about 30 seconds into this new relaunch yep. and he's got like 30 plus tickets that he has no idea mm-hmm. what he's doing with. Because you usually get, don't you, when it's, you know, it, they're turning around, you get the da 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 and they're doing well but literally in the same sentence it's like Nino is taking charge but now Nino is overwhelmed he didn't even (laughs) get a full sentence or even a partial sentence well don't worry because someone's going to come right in and help smooth things along it's Michael who's here to shout at Nino for doing a bad job and continually shush him and he kind of does a 
weird thing when he decides he's going to take over some of the orders. He kind of like squats down really strange, like a chicken would. Hey, Michael. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he squats down like a hen. Well, that's fucking I rich. It's that. kind of like his Nino's impression, but he squatted. That's rich because he was like telling off Nino in this exact scene, like lecturing him about his posture and saying like, don't fall yep. asleep on the counters. Oh, was, you mm-hmm. know what? It was a mocking posture, Joe, is what it oh, was. Oh, it was a nasty lampoon. Right, Check out Alistair McGowan over here. All of- <laughs> 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 Alistair McGowan, unfortunately, had to stop being an impersonator when no one remembered any of the people he did impressions of anymore. So he had to just go oh. away. Oh, Okay, well, it's like Beatles and Stones, Blur and Oasis, McGowan or John Coleshaw, and clearly you were a John Coleshaw guy, <laughs> Kevin, so... Gordon has to... T- Does he tell Mike or Nino or both of them just to go away and calm down? Wait, so what happens here is is Michael's obviously getting involved with the, with the tickets because Nino is getting mm-hmm. overwhelmed. This just makes everything more confusing because now Michael is yelling orders to the chefs and Nino is yelling orders mm-hmm. to the chefs, but neither of them actually know how to do the job correctly. So neither of them are giving table numbers <gasps> or getting in the right no. order. And there's people who've like starters for main courses, yeah. but they don't know when they're meant to come. And now the chefs are getting angry because they're getting confused. Yep. And they're, they're not meant to be up. on camera. They are really <laughs> sure they would not be on camera. <laughs> and then that makes Michael angry at the chefs. So that's when that's when Gordon steps in and he's like, Michael, you need to go take a walk. Okay. And Michael's one of those scary, angry guys where he's like, I'm not angry. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm having a great time. Gordon's like, why don't you go calm down? He's like, sure will, champ. And like smacks him on the back. Like, I hate that. He's <laughs> open a window. <laughs> Watch out for the broken glass here, Gordon. Whoa, it'll cut you. And then Nino actually, once Michael's gone, he's doing fine. Yeah. I think there is a world where Nino could be like maitre d' or even restaurant floor manager, yeah. just not being the guy who's in ch- allegedly in charge of everything and then a restaurant has to try and exist without someone in charge. That's yeah. what we have here. Because mm. it feels like if you're personable, and yeah. he's not the worst. No, no just- he's fine. He's been bullied by his siblings an awful yeah, lot. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you've got a, a sibling who treats you like a baby, it just makes yeah. you act out more because like, just makes you resent them it's like well fine if you're gonna treat me like a kid i will bloody well act like yep. one and it doesn't and it's nice to know it doesn't stop even when you're 60 years old so <laughs> hooray so now that nino's back in control gordon's gone outside to debrief michael and tell him to just calm down he says don't let just chill out don't let your anger spoil tonight we need to all be there for each other and just not let this ruin the relaunch and he's proper got that look on his face where he's like uh-huh uh-huh. And you can just tell that he's thinking, no, I'm, I'm going to continue to be angry about this. I don't want to calm down. I'm not done yet. He says how confusing everything is with the new menu and the new oh, look. Yeah, it must be very confusing mm. for him, a man who doesn't work there. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon's like, do you think it was good? Do you think the customers liked it? He's like, but how could you even know that? Like, how could you know yeah. what a customer thinks? And then he was like, well, what really matters is what the regulars think. And, you know, we can't possibly know what they'll say. It's like, well, where are they then? Well, they're all Nino's friends, aren't they? Like, they're home watching that HD TV, baby. <laughs> the best way to end the relaunch service on an episode of Kitchen Nightmares ever, and how you can tell that no progress was made, it's when it literally just ends. And they're like, yep, yeah, that was it. And it's a success, apparently, because time has proceeded to the point where that event is over. That is our criteria for a great relaunch. But even in the Kitchen Nightmares way of like, we need to make this seem like a happy ending, even still this has a sad ending with Michael here in the family. When they're debriefing and they're all as a group, they're talking about how the future looks bright for Nino's. Michael still isn't on board and he's still like really vaguely critical of what's happened. I mean, Gordon is, he is 
tempering it with realism because he's like, wow, what an incredible night. And in, and then he does his little, like, you should all be so proud speech. Twice in that little speech, he mentions how it was far from perfect, let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the swerve comes when he accuses Mike of simply not wanting it to work, of almost yeah. sabotage. And yeah. I agree. I totally agree because Mike just leaves. He just yeah. walks off. That's how you know it's true. I'm going to become a meme. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, he obviously just hates seeing his older brother succeed. Like, I think they've got this typical sibling mm-hmm. relationship where he's always been the more successful brother and he's always seen Nino fail. And now Nino's actually actually starting to like land on his feet and do okay he's like what what but i'm yep. the useful brother exactly i think if it's success by anything other than mike's impressions rallying everyone around for the restaurant yeah. to reach new heights but yeah he ain't helping and it's one thing to not help it's another thing to actively undermine those who are actually trying to help and jesus fucking christ once you're even undermining the attempted drama around that like it felt like mike has got to be for as memeable as he was and as watchful as he was, what got to be one of the worst participants in Kitchen Nightmares ever. Yeah. Yeah. Just a deeply angry and bitter person. And Gordon leaves and he's like, yeah, uh, probably not going to work out. Oh, well. And off he goes. He oh. says, wow. Wow, he can clean and take photos as well. Great. We get the... Oh yeah, so Gordon obviously had a had had to put a burn on Nino at the end. In fairness, like Nino was far from the biggest problem it felt at the end of the episode. <laughs> the little update at the end just tells us that they're back, but the family are pretty much all working in there again. You know, Karina's pretty much full time, even though she was already full time in another job. Yeah. And Inga is still working as the main manager. She's not retired. Fucking eighties, Joe. Yeah, but- caring for her partner with early oh, dementia Jesus as well. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. God, what are you, our age? Like, come on, you're not allowed to do that, work in your 80s. Well, that was certainly a different episode of Kitchen Nightmares. Adam, Mm. you did pull it out of the bag here. You did pull out something that was ostensibly meant to be about kitchens and food and restaurants. And I swear to God, like, even trying very hard, it felt like food was the furthest thing from anyone's mind tonight. (laughs) This actually probably will help Joe in in many respects. Adam's, like, non-food-based episode. Exactly, that's what I was saying, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's Gordon out of Nino's, and onto another kitchen nightmare. All I'll ask for you both before we get into what happened next is for your MVP, the person from this restaurant or episode you think would be an exquisite addition to any would-be restaurant or business of yours and the dish of the day, the thing on the episode which you would like the look of or if your arm is twisted, would have to eat. Let's start with the person who picked the episode, Adam. Okay, well, I think MVP is going to be Karina because she was the th- the only sibling that didn't go so crazy on the, like, blaming each other. I mean, she was still definitely there to blame Nino, but she was nowhere near bullying him like Michael was. And she at least had a positive attitude at the end of, like, we need to do this for Mum, so let's just get on together. So for default reasons, because there were no other characters apart from the children, then it's her. <laughs> Dish of the day. This is the reason I was so good if we didn't get to see any of the new menu because yeah. like nothing from the old menu takes my fancy. But going off the options we have here, maybe the meatball and it wouldn't be willingly. I would have to be a, like, you have to eat this kind of scenario. <laughs> okay, Joe, dish of the day and your MVP, please. MVP, I'm going to go with Inga. And yeah, as you say, there aren't mm. any other characters in this episode other than the direct family, like the immediate family. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very difficult. I think we've chosen the only two options for MVP, yeah. other than Gordon Ramsay, I guess. Oh, you got that was my pick. Because <laughs> I was going to be like, what would it be like if Gordon Ramsay worked in a restaurant? Could you imagine that? He'd be great at it. <laughs> and uh, meal. 
none of them were good, were they? And yeah, we didn't get to see the nice new menu. No. The, the only thing I saw of the new menu, but they didn't tell us what it was, was some kind of prawn dish, which looked nice. Oh yeah, there was a, I think they said there was a fresh shrimp, there was a seafood uh, linguine I saw, because there was, the word calamari was used an awful right. lot on side. Uh, something I've noticed randomly, by the way, is the word calamari seemingly used in Kitchen Nightmares more so than most other foodstuffs. And I know this because of the Kitchen Nightmares bot account on Twitter that puts together Kitchen Nightmares <laughs> hypothetical titles based on the scripts and the on the, the transcripts of the shows. Calamari shows up every three tweets. Wow. So maybe that, that seafood pasta did look good though. It had big old shrimps with heads on it. So. Yeah, yeah, it looks tasty. Uh, let's see then. My dish of the day, I probably gotta go for the gala lasagna. Of course. You know? <laughs> a big old big old lasagna looking like a giant old doorstep and MVP yeah I'm gonna go with uh, Gordon Ramsay see if I can get away with that <laughs> see what he'll make in my restaurant business well Adam I am so excited though. I assume you're as well Joe very excited to find out more about Nino's oh yeah alright before we get in I just wanna have one hypothetical what do you reckon's happened Joe because I, I I don't know what the fuck I think about this I think it's gone out of business how soon while you just mentioned that I wanted to bring this up Kevin that I think we should actually have predictions Yay! before we dive into what happened next I feel like we need to have everyone take a stab at if it's open if not how long did it have before it did and I would like to know what you two both think of this I think it lasted another year and a half to another three years maybe and then it went out of business because Inga either ran out of money or realised that she literally can't care for her husband and run a restaurant like full time mm-hmm. at the same time or the other two kids mm-hmm. joined the restaurant and worked there full time that's the only way I can see this succeeding oh Jesus I, I'm i going to say within six months it's closed down they sell it to salvage whatever they can of the retirement and and leave it at that but I mean yeah let's make sure we do this in the future because I like, I like the idea of predicting this because I I honestly couldn't know. The only thing is, when it's a long-time family business like this, it's either going to go tragically quick, or it's going to somehow hang on in some guise Mm. for years to come. So give it to us, Adam. What happens next? Well, reportedly, the old menu came back soon after the show was aired. Didn't take long for them to start going back to their old ways. There was very poor TripAdvisor reviews. Food was burnt. Food was cold. Food was slow. You have your your people coming in screaming like, Prawn Linguini, fuck that shit! One meatball! That's what I <laughs> Oh, I thought people were going to be coming in screaming, Hello, my name is Nino! And it became like an insufferable meme restaurant <laughs> instead. So the episode was filmed in 2012 and it aired in 2013, I believe. Tragically, in 2014, Vincenzo, the father of the family, passed away. And the shop continued to run for two more years until in 2016, the family decided it was time to close the doors. There was a massive Facebook post made on the Nino's Facebook page written by Karina, who I believe had become more and more involved in the restaurant over time. Right. And she thanked everyone for all their support. Apparently, there was a lot of people that came to give the restaurant a nice big send-off. And they were saying that while the family loved the restaurant, they decided that after all these years and their whole lifetime, it was about time the family tried to become a regular family and learn to love each other just as family members rather than as co-workers. So it was kind of a bittersweet ending where they said that, yes, we are closing the doors. They didn't give any financial reasons or anything. I can't help but think it must have been tied to Inga's retirement package. 
but they do say that they're closing the doors and they want to focus on becoming more of a strong family together god almighty so is there any word then on any other i mean obviously you didn't phone karina but nino himself mike any updates on them nothing that i could find about the actual family members nino did continue to work there until the end michael i believe as they said at the end of the episode did distance himself from the restaurant if there's one person i want to find out more about it would be michael for sure yeah i feel like he may have an imdb page that could be full of uh, full of goodies or maybe a, a clip of him at some sort of meme conference where he sat beside the chocolate rain guy He's like, do it do it i'm nino do it i'm nino that'll be a hundred dollars please well then what a kitchen nightmare that was whose turn is it to pick an episode next I, I believe it's, it's Joe. I think it's yeah. you, Joe. Yeah. So what are you thinking? Anything in mind? Are you feeling a particular type of... Are you feeling a particular type of episode coming up next? Or something to cleanse the palate after Nino's? I mean, I'm sticking to my theme. I, I am not one to back back out of a deal yeah. i said i was going to go find the grossest episodes and mm-hmm. i'm going to continue doing that and if that makes me physically sick so be it wow. you know what you are one of the bravest most giving podcasters Honestly. that i, I can think of at yes. the moment yes, that's, that's incredible the only thing i'm going to say is a lot of people have been messaging me and saying that they can't wait for certain episodes of the uk one to be covered mm. what i would probably say to that is i think we will definitely at some point do at least some of the uk kitchen nightmares episodes yeah eventually although i've already received lots of dms from people saying don't do this one because this guy's in jail for all sorts of wrong yeah. things and mm-hmm. we appreciate any and all of those don't forget you can <laughs> email the walk-in at it's at gmail.com that's itsrawpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us, your three entrees. Myself, at Kevin Mann, Joe, at the Joanna Graham, and Adam, at Biblops on that lovely Twitter. And don't forget, Podcrabs, wherever you get all of your podcasts and social media. Give us a like, give us a follow, and if you wouldn't mind so kindly, give us a rating or review. It's kind of like TripAdvisor, except we can't do it ourselves under the cloak of a masquerade. <laughs> well, until next time, we'll be delving back into the nightmare. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Nino. <laughs> me, Joe. I will catch you next time on It's Raw. Wow. They're really still doing this podcast. I thought by now, maybe they would have given up and got bored of making fun of the same man every single week. But no, here they are. They're still going strong and the future looks bright for the It's Raw gang. Nino's more like no nose. As in, oh no, not, not like he's got no nose. I mean like, oh no.